0: two out of three falls. Homage.com is still on the road to WrestleMania. This week, WrestleMania 30, April 6, 2014. The Superdome, the impossible dream has become reality. Daniel Bryan overcame what seemed to be insurmountable odds to become the WWE world champion. Forced to wrestle twice in the same night against three established opponents, Daniel Bryan threw caution to the wind. He was battered and bruised Mistreated and disrespected, but would not be defeated. Log on to homage.com slash WrestleMania for more details. Hey, and welcome to a new edition of Two Out of Three Falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y, the letter J C R U Z. And you can now follow the show on Twitter at Two Out of Three Falls Pod. And download and subscribe to the podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com/slash two out of three falls. So download, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. And we like to welcome Mr. Donald Wood to the show. He is a WWE writer for Forbes and Bleacher Report, and is also the host of Ring Rust Radio. Donald, what's up, my man? How you doing?
1: I'm so excited to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: No problem, man. Anytime we are on the road to WrestleMania, I think we're about oh, no, two, two and a half weeks out. we got a couple more Rawls and SmackDown to take care of. But um, you, as, as I said in the beginning of the intro, you are a WWE writer for Forbes, Bleacher Report, and the host of Ring Rust Radio. And I, and I bring up Ring Rust Radio because... You are doing your first ever live show in Orlando during during WrestleMania weekend. So I want to ask you um, where the idea came about to do a live show at, at WrestleMania weekend, and are you excited for it?
1: Well, so we've never done a live show before. As a matter of fact, the three of us, the three hosts, myself, Brandon Gavin, Mike Chiari, we've never been in the same room together before. We've never met. I met those guys through my work. where We all work remote uh, for Bleacher Report at the time when we all worked together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started the show, and we, we've never been in the same room before. So when, you, when the people who come to this live show see us together yelling at each other, that's the first time we've ever come face-to-face And are saying this stuff and are doing this stuff face to face. Everything's been over the phone for years and years and years, but now this is the first time we're meeting. And it's going to be there's going to be alcohol, mob. There's going to be extreme cursing and just I think it's I can see a fight happening because those (laughs) guys are going to talk a lot of shit and I'm going to whip some ass. I think
0: I hear that, man. Well, you know it's so funny how you know the way these podcasts work nowadays, where. You never know if the people are in the same room or just down the block away in the same city. But for you to be, you know, to be doing this show with two other guys and you guys never met one at uh, one time before, um, I think it's very interesting. So now you go to WrestleMania weekend and finally, you know, meet you up with these guys.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting because the thing about our show is we we disagree quite often. And I think that sometimes it's easier to disagree with someone over the Internet or over the phone. But when you're face to face with them, sometimes you're a bit more passive aggressive. I myself am not passive aggressive anywhere. I'll yell at you on the phone or to your face. I I want to see how everything turns. out. I want to see how, how, how into these debates we all get. I'm very excited, though. I think it should be really fun.
0: Well, for one, I, I, I am extremely uh, jealous that you are going to WrestleMania and I'm here in New York just watching it on the fucking network. So I, I'm jealous, man.
1: Don't be jealous because the card is not that good. I mean, there are some really cool matches really? that they're putting together, but the build has been absolutely atrocious, and there's some absolute garbage on the card. Uh-huh. So I think that I'd be more jealous about us going to NXT TakeOver Saturday night before uh, than actually WrestleMania. Because don't, don't forget, you're going to get you know, 80,000, 90,000 people jammed into a stadium. And if you go to football games, you know, sometimes they're fun. Sometimes it's like, God, I hate people. So I, I don't know what it's going to be. This is my first time ever going to WrestleMania. So this is a really new experience for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm more intrigued than I am excited at this point.
0: Now, do you feel kind of like, I wouldn't say uh, ashamed, but do you feel like you let yourself down that there's been 33 WrestleManias and this is the first one you're going to?
1: No, the truth is, the only reason we're going to this is because one of our fans bought us tickets to WrestleMania. Going down to Orlando to this event has been extremely expensive. And as someone who's married with a kid... Man, I, I got to focus. I got to put my money to to what's important. I got to pay my bills. I got to make sure my wife is in the finest clothes and my kid is, is treated well and, and has all the doctor's appointments and all that right. stuff. Is is she's got to be good? My priorities are elsewhere. So I I'll watch it on TV just like anyone else. But I mean, if I get free ticket, if I get you know some things paid for, uh, that's cool. That's I'll go then because it's a little cheaper. But overall, man, you, just to you go to a show, you're looking at spending like two thousand dollars, and that's that's money. That's spent
0: elsewhere. Well, I've only been to one WrestleMania and that was back in uh 2013 when they had WrestleMania 29 in New Jersey. So, uh, and, and then plenty of times, you know, here in New York, they had WrestleMania 1, 10, 20 here in New York and I I I never went to it for for what reason I don't remember, but uh but going to a WrestleMania um regardless of where you sit at, obviously you want to sit as close as possible, but Just being in the building and just seeing 80, 90,000 people just big-time wrestling fans like you are and just screaming and chanting... um it is it is a lot different than, w- than when you're watching on TV because you hear the commentators and 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 stuff like that. But going in there, you don't hear the commentators, obviously. But it, it's just a scene and the ambiance that you know is it, really breathtaking. So I, I guess when you go to Orlando for WrestleMania, just just trying to soak everything in, soak up the the whole experience. Because I mean, I don't know how many WrestleManias you plan on going to, but I, I've only been to one so far.
1: Yeah, from what everyone tells me, I've say i been to a million shows. Just the one show that's always eluded me, and it's because of the price tag, has been WrestleMania. I've seen the biggest shows in other companies, and I've gone to these massive shows, and I go to tons of concerts and stuff like that, so I go to big shows. But I think it's the spectacle of WrestleMania. I think that while I may be jaded about the card because I don't like a lot of the matches, or at least some of the matches on this card I'm not excited for, but... I'm excited for the moment. I'm excited to be at the spectacle that is WrestleMania, going into that stadium filled with wrestling fans, the fireworks, the massive stage, the music, the festivities, and I think it's it's a very long show, and I'm, I'm kind of nervous about the, the you know having to sit there for almost seven hours. Wow, which is a bit much. Yeah, it's, it's with the pre-show because we're getting there early, mm-hmm. we got to wait in line, then we're going in for the pre-show, and we're staying till the end. So conceivably, I could see us being at that stadium for 8 9 hours that day and that's a lot it's a lot of time to be spent there and 7 hours inside so I'm a little bit nervous about that but the grandiosity of the event the the spectacle that is Wrestlemania I'm very excited to be part of that
0: So your event once again is in Orlando Ring Rust Radio so talk about how uh, like how long is, is the show going to be is it open to the public where exactly is it at and, and stuff like that
1: uh, so we okay basically it's Saturday April 1st it's at the Sleep in and Suites Orlando International Airport their their ballroom thing okay. uh, it is open anyone can come if you want to have a good time I I'm, I'm figuring we're by the airport so there's going to be a ton of wrestling fans coming and going so the doors will be open yeah. we are doing Q&As or doing giveaways or it's there's it's bring your own booze so you can have fun and, and drink with us uh it's it's just going to be a raucous time we do a lot of segments on our show one segment I know a lot of people like called Smart Say the Darnest Things. That's where we go through comment sections on our, our articles and other people's articles and find, like, you know, you ever, you'd read comment sections the people who are just so snarky yeah. and are just so arrogant and just insane. We find the craziest comments, and then we read them after pay-per-views. Well, one of our fans, we didn't know about it for a while there, he kept tabs of all the funniest comments. So we have a list of 50, 60 of those comments, and we're going to have the fans come up and read them, so we're, it's going to be really interactive. We just want to give back to the people who have supported us over the years. And what better way than having a few drinks and laughing together?
0: We're chatting with Donald Wood of Forbes Bleacher Report, Ring Rust Radio. He's on Twitter at Donald underscore Wood. Uh, You mentioned earlier the WrestleMania car, according to you, is kind of shitty. Um, And we are going to go through the car because I, I think for the most part, it is pretty much set in stone. Maybe they might add. Um, a, a you know, one more match or two, but um, as of right now, I, I, you know, we'll go through it. But we have, I think, about 12, 13, 14 matches. And I, I know you mentioned how WrestleMania can be four, four and a half. Now, with the network, they don't have to be off pay per view um, at a certain time, so it, it, it will go longer. So, right now, solidified 12 matches. And I want to find out which matches, even though you say it's a it's a shitty card. Which matches are you looking most forward to? I'll start start off with Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. How excited are you for that match?
1: Well, to me, I think we can all agree that it's going to be a very short match. Goldberg yes. is 50 years old. He doesn't work longer matches. So I'm, I'm predicting Brock Lesnar goes in there and absolutely destroys Goldberg, uh, wins the Universal Championship, and comes out of WrestleMania. I think that main event, and I think he leaves WrestleMania as the Universal Champion. I see a lot of people saying, you know, WrestleMania is for putting over the younger guys. And while I tend to agree with that... This is the match for the casual fan. It's not going to take. It's not going to take time away from anybody else. It's just going to draw in all the fans. Goldberg and and Brock Lesnar are two guys where if you liked wrestling at any point over the last two decades, you know who Goldberg is. If you've been into MMA or you've been into WWE over the last two decades, you know who Brock Lesnar is. So this is a casual wrestling fan's um, target demographic here. You, that's who you're targeting with this match. And adding the Universal Championship to it, uh, that's a title where if you only watch WrestleManias and you watched last year's, you skipped all of the Raw's and SmackDown's, until now and now you're tuning it in you've never seen that universal championship before that red world title wasn't a thing last year so by having Goldberg fight Brock Lesnar for that championship you add instant intrigue and prestige to that title and I think that's something the company desperately needs
0: now we kind of figure it'll be the main event but now I, w- I did a show yesterday and I kind of say you know what the way they're going to end it, can they just end it with Brock winning in three, five minutes and he'll hold the hold the belt up and, and that's it? Or, you know, we see rumors where down the road they want to do a Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns kind of rematch from WrestleMania 31 that never finished the way they wanted to. So do they end just Brock winning the belt and I raise his hand, Paul Heyman, and they, and they cut off? Or do we see kind of like a Roman Reigns interference or... Reigns coming out to confront Brock Lesnar, or j- just to kind of give the indication that, you know, going forward with Brock and the title, that the next program for or, or, or the next main program for Brock will be Roman Reigns.
1: No, because I think the next main program for Brock Lesnar will be Kevin Owens. Because Kevin Owens still has his number one contender or his his, his rematch clause, essentially, to where he can cash that in. I feel like he's going to do that immediately after WrestleMania. And then whatever the first Raw pay-per-view is after WrestleMania, I'm not keeping up with the names. I have no idea what they're called. But the first Raw exclusive pay-per-view, it should be Brock Lesnar defending the championship against Kevin Owens, successfully defending it. And then at SummerSlam, he drops that title to whatever star the WWE feels like they want to put it on, I know that there's some reports. I think Dave Meltzer said that you know it, it, it's, it's WrestleMania 34 headline would be Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, but I could see it SummerSlam 2017 in Brooklyn, you have Brock Lesnar drop the title to Roman Reigns because that's what WWE would want. Now,
0: you, now you did mention Kevin Owens, and I I, I do agree with you that, that 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 should be a program. But when they do a fucking house show here in New York at the garden and they put Brock Lesnar against Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar beats Kevin Owens in in three minutes. Then it's like, okay, so you mean to tell me Kevin Owens can be a real, uh, challenger for Brock when he's the champion, but when he just lost it to, to Brock in three minutes at, at, at MSG.
1: Well, um, one of the guys on Ring Road Radio, Brandon Galvin, he was at that MSG show, and he came back with this, a similar report, but he had a great point, too. He said, if you're WWE, and you're just weeks out from WrestleMania, right. you're not going to put Brock Lesnar in any kind of situation where he could get hurt. Yeah, it didn't make Owens look, look, look good by getting jobbed out, essentially, to Brock Lesnar, but it did two things. It gave Brock Lesnar to the fans, but it kept Brock Lesnar healthy. I think if Brock Lesnar and Kevin Owens fight at a, at a pay-per-view, they're going to get 10, 15 minutes, and you're going to get a really good match. Uh, they won't do a hardcore stipulation as we watch with Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose. Brock just doesn't do that kind of stuff. He doesn't want any part of that. So I think you can... If, if you give Brock Lesnar ch- a time to have a good match, he and Kevin Owens will have a really, really good match. And I yes. think... On a house show, you're not going to give that away because we've got to keep Brock Lesnar healthy. He's, he's your top draw right now. you got to keep him healthy. And just, just being in the ring with Brock Lesnar kind of gives, hey, that's Owens with, oh, he got jobbed out. So it's not ideal for you as, as a viewer in the building live, but us as the mainstream fans, we didn't get to see that. We didn't have to see that. So you can book house shows different because they're not being recorded for live television.
0: And all likelihood, Goldberg, you know, after WrestleMania, it's pretty much done, right?
1: Uh I don't. You know what? I thought he was done after one match, yeah, and then this happened. So, so I'm not sure what it's going to be for him. Uh, if 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 he's willing to work a limited schedule, like Undertaker or like uh, Brock Lesnar, I don't see why you wouldn't keep him around. He he's obviously every time he's on Raw, the ratings are up. So if you're WWE. He's the kind of guy I'd pull out of mothballs during like NFL football season against Monday Night Football. It's like, hey, Goldberg's going to be here. Just like they do with Brock Lesnar every once in a while when they're trying to pull some ratings against some stiff competition. So if you can keep Goldberg around, and instead of having him beat all these guys, now you can have him put over younger guys, I think that would be the ideal usage of him.
0: We also have Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, WWE Championship. Um you know that storyline has been brewing for a couple of months with the Orton going going one on one with Bray for quite a while then joining the Wyatt family then all of a sudden they all broke up um and then the promos Randy Orton Burns Bray Wyatt whatever and then Bray Wyatt puts a massive amount of fucking dirt on himself on SmackDown um <laughs> how how intrigued are you for Orton uh, Bray Wyatt for the championship at WrestleMania
1: did you ever see the movie house of a thousand corpses by rob zombie
0: i heard about it but i decided not to see it
1: <laughs> okay I, I i love horror movies and that's one of those horror movies that really stuck with me because it's like almost a playback to the 70s and 80s and like the cheesy style horror movies that we kind of grew up with halloween yeah and friday the 13th and stuff like that and jason and uh, freddy and stuff like nightmare on elm street so I felt like what they're doing with Randy Orton and Bray is kind of the closest thing WWE could ever come to doing something of that ilk. So in my mind I really appreciate them telling a story because if I learned one thing from WWE over the years, they don't develop good characters and they don't tell good stories every once in a while. They like stumble upon something that's entertaining, but for the most part, you're not going to get either one of those things, no character development, no storytelling. So for me, I'm watching them tell a really good story between Wyatt and Orton and I'm seeing Randy Orton perform at his best both in the ring and on the mic. He's been fantastic. I was never really a fan of him, but he's doing really well. And Bray Wyatt, this is the best he's been booked since John Cena buried him uh, all those years ago. So I think that this is the first, it's a perfect storm. The story's there, the characters are there, and I actually am intrigued by what they're doing. I'm really hoping the match lives up to the hype uh, because I think that the match at No Mercy was good, but it wasn't great. So if they can, you know, amp it up, bring it to another level, put on a really good match, I think this would be a great payoff to a really good storyline.
0: But the question is, who do you think will go over, Orton or Bray Wyatt? To me, I think Bray Wyatt should have, you know, maybe a a run to SummerSlam with the title, give it a couple of months, see, see and, and see what happens. I don't think Orton needs the belt at this point in in his in in his career, but if they put the belt on him, could have some interesting matches with John Cena with Dean Ambrose with AJ Styles but the same for Bray Wyatt I think now is the time to let him run with the belt do you think they, they put the belt back on Orton or they keep it on Bray Wyatt at the Wrestlemania
1: Wyatt needs a title so bad for credibility. He has yeah. been every time he has any momentum, they chop him off. They rip that carpet right out from underneath him. You know what I mean? And it's not. It hasn't been good for him. So I would. I would. In my heart, I want him to walk away victorious. It would be huge. Beat the Royal Rumble at Randy Orton a bunch of times. He's been champion twelve times or whatever. So it, it'd be a huge moment for him. But in my heart, the how watching Randy Orton work so hard, so much harder than he ever has, both in the ring and on the mic, I feel like he knows he's going to win, and that's why he's putting so much into it. So I believe that Randy Orton walks out as the champion.
0: We get the the match between Jericho and Kevin Owens U.S. title match. Um, I think we all can agree that we, we were hoping that Kevin Owens was going to walk into WrestleMania as a champion. That did not happen. He gets relegated to the Watch J storyline, the best friends and all that stuff uh, for the U.S. title. I think it could be a, a, a pretty good match, but um, it, I thought for the universal title with Jericho and Owens could have been more captivating. Uh, but like I said, they get the the U.S. title, Kevin Owens, Jericho. Um, we don't know if Jericho is going to be around post-WrestleMania. I, I don't know what his schedule is, but what's your take on Jericho and Kevin Owens, not for the universal title, but for the U.S. title?
1: Well, to me, and I understand the perspective of people saying, like, if it had the Universal Championship, it would be a much bigger match, and there's no denying that, but this has been a story that it has been well-built on Raw. It's If you look at Orton and Wyatt being well-built on SmackDown, this... Owens Jericho match on Raw has been the best built from the Raw brand. It's been a long-term storyline. They were best friends for a long time. The turn was an... I, I love their storyline. I love Kevin Owens as a heel, and I love Chris Jericho as the as the heel who's now turned face. And to me, this match is going to be great, Whether which, regardless of which title's on the line, regardless of any title being on the line. This is going to be a great match. My hope is that it opens WrestleMania, because with so much personal animosity behind this feud and so much hatred between these guys and so much talent jericho is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and kevin owens is a fantastic wrestler so the two of these guys getting in that ring squared off will be it should be an instant classic make that the opening match and you have the perfect start to a wrestlemania now for me i understand you universal championship should have been aligned but for the first time since john cena held the u.s title the U.S. title could mean something if you have these two guys fighting so hard to get it. And I see some people saying, like, it's forgettable. You're not even thinking about it. Fine. I understand that. But sometimes the belt makes the man, and sometimes the man makes the belt. And I think in this case, Jericho fighting Owens make the U.S. title feel more important. And I think it's a twofold thing. You both get the storyline. Uh, it's very personal. But you're also helping elevate the title.
0: Sidebar, real quick. I I I want to go back to to the to the universal title match with Brock and Goldberg. Now, we you know me and you mentioned Reigns could be a contender, um, Kevin Owens could be a contender, Seth Rollins could be a contender when he's when he's back healthy. I want to ask you, what is the best route or what's the best way to utilize the return of Finn Balor? Now he when he left, he was universal champion. He got hurt and. Kevin Owens is going to get his title rematch before that. Uh, we know Reigns is going to get his match. Um, Brock is going to be champion at the WrestleMania. How do they insert Finn Balor into that whole equation where he never lost a championship back at SummerSlam?
1: So if, if I am fantasy booking this, and I'm going from my perspective on what I would do, I would have Seth Rollins and Triple H fight each other at WrestleMania both of them, it's obviously that's where they're heading with that. Right. But you have Samoa Joe get involved on behalf of Triple H. And so Triple H, Samoa Joe beating down Seth Rollins in the middle of that match, whether it's unsanctioned or whatever it is, they're just double teaming him at some point. In that moment, that's when you have the demon return. You bring back Finn Balor in that moment where he gets to the ring and he attacks. And he he defends Seth Rollins, attacks Samoa Joe, attacks Triple H, and from there you continue to build. Have him beat Samoa Joe in a secondary feud. Have him aim for Triple H next WrestleMania. But have if it's me, and I I believe that WWE loves Roman Reigns and would want this for Roman Reigns. But if it were me deciding who gets booked where, I would have Finn Balor beat. Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam for the Universal Championship. You, you get his momentum, you build it from WrestleMania to SummerSlam, him beating all these other guys, finally he earns his number one contendership, beats Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship, and heads into the second half of the year as the champion who just beat Brock Lesnar. I think that that's the best way to utilize the guy who, in my opinion, could be the next top star.
0: Well, you did mention... Seth Rollins and Triple H, even though it's not official yet, but we, we do kind of see where it's going to, uh, for them to have a one on one match. Maybe not a, a technical sound match in the ring. Could be a street fight. It could be a last man standing. It Could be a, you know, false kind anyway anywhere kind of match. Or, or, or like you said, um, an unsanctioned match because we don't know how good Rollins' knee is at, at the current time. So the, they don't want to put him in the ring, to, you know, to do that much. But Triple H, Seth Rollins, more than likely happening at WrestleMania. I think Seth goes over because I think he just needs to because I think they totally botched his baby face turn and they haven't done a whole lot with that. But now recently they're making him look like the true uh you know good guy going up going up against Triple A. So uh what's your thoughts on Hunter and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania?
1: Well then from Jump, I wanted this to be an unsanctioned street fight. We saw an unsanctioned street fight between Triple H and Shawn Michaels. It was fantastic. And those kind of matches are very cool. It, ha- it gives a good feel. It's easy to write here because, you know, the doctors could not clear Seth Rollins, but Triple H would be like, you know what? I'm going to clear ya. I'm gonna- you. Get <laughs> Sign this held harmless agreement, yeah. and then we can fight. And just and they're, in, they're in street clothes. Have Hunter in his, you know what I mean, his dress slacks. And fighting in his dress shoes, and have them just, you know, a fist fight, have them tearing into each other. Now, that's what I wanted before, but now I kind of want that stipulation for AJ Shane McMahon, which I think that would help them a lot. So I think maybe you just make this a typical, you know, hardcore match, or you make it just a, a, a no-disqualification match, which allows for Samoa Joe to interject himself, and Finn Balor to interject himself as well.
0: AJ Styles, Shane McMahon. We we knew where this was going. AJ never got the one on one rematch he wanted. Um, after losing the belt at the Royal Rumble to John Cena, he gets uh, triple threat matches. You know he gets ch- uh, chamber matches. He gets a battle royal and then he officially did not win the fucking match. Um, Luke Harper won that match. But then he gets <laughs> then he gets a one on one with Luke Harper. He beats that. Uh, you know he beats Luke Harper. Then he gets Randy Orton then he, he loses that match so up and down roller coaster for AJ Styles uh it, 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 it culminated this Tuesday on SmackDown and um AJ got really fed up at Shane threw him in the, in the in the fucking car window um i think a lot of people are saying uh oh, AJ and Shane oh, come on man like, AJ had Jericho last year uh, AJ should have been like in, in, in the title picture this year but i'm trying to tell people that you know Shane Taker last year was not very good and I think this year, him with AJ, a guy that can go more athletic, younger, smaller, can have a really good match. And I think Shane and AJ, whatever kind of match it's going to be, can really steal the show. So I'm trying to tell people, don't don't sleep on AJ Shane. What's your take on this match?
1: I think this match has the. I think this is the match when we're done with 33 and we're looking back on it. The first thing we think about are the moments from this match. You look at Kurt Angle as a good example. That guy is a technical master in the ring. Right. But one of the first things you think about when you think of Kurt Angle is his match against Shane McMahon at Royal Rumble that year, uh, where it was in Royal Rumble? I think it was Royal Rumble, but where he tried to put him through the glass, couldn't put Shane through the glass, and kept busting his head on the ground. That's one of those things to where it elevated Kurt Angle, too. In my opinion, I think WWE loves the McMahons very much. With Vince McMahon in charge, oh, yeah. and Stephanie always on TV, and Shane, they know, they in their minds, they believe if there's a, a McMahon on television, it's instant money for their company. And you know what? They're not wrong. But with that said, I think they have a lot of, by, by putting AJ in this position, they're showcasing how, how much faith they have in him. They're putting him up against a top guy, in their opinion, and if, if if what we saw on SmackDown is any indication of what we're going to get leading into it and then at WrestleMania, I'm very excited for this because as an AJ Styles fan from back in the day when he was at um, TNA and his successor at that company, he did a lot of hardcore stipulation matches in TNA, and they were always good. He's not just a great technical wrestler. He's a great hardcore wrestler, and he's going to need to be against Shane McMahon, who's a notorious hardcore wrestler, and that's what he does. But I believe, in my heart of hearts, that this match could steal a show just because of the moments it creates. I think Shane falls off something huge. I don't know if it's the Titantron, Shane's going to have a moment. He always does. So he's going to have a huge moment. And I think with AJ carrying the workload in terms of technical wrestling and putting the match together, this will be an absolute spectacle. And I think this will be one of those matches we look back on and be like, that was actually really awesome.
0: Yeah, I agree. And the match he had with Kurt Angle was uh, King of the Ring 2001.
1: Yes, yes. Sorry.
0: No, no problem. I just feel like Shane, I think, you know. I guess a lot of people look are uh, looking at Shane take your last year, and I think that match was just put together last minute because I think the whole card was put together last minute because of so many injuries that they had. Now everybody's healthy. They have a loaded roster. That's why you see 12, 13, 14 matches on the card because everybody's back healthy. They had the whole um, NXT call-ups. So I, I think AJ and Shane are, are really going to have a great match with or without a stipulation and i think it can, it can definitely be a top three match when it's all said and done um what else we have here uh taker and roman reigns so you know <laughs> fans are like oh yeah roman's gonna Roman's gonna be taker like, here we go because they the company loves roman reigns there's no way they're gonna have taker beat him but um is there any way that taker walks out this match as the winner against roman reigns
1: I, th- I I firmly believe that Roman Reigns does win this match because they do everything you just said. I really do believe that stuff. He he. They have so much faith in this guy, even like undeserved faith in this guy, to where he hasn't given that faith back to people by getting over like he sh- like they want him to. And it's not really his fault. He's being portrayed and booked this way, so you can't really fault him. But he's not great on the mic. Like, he's not good in the ring. No. And I'm not looking forward to this match at all because. Undertaker is 50 some years old, right? He's 50, at least 50, maybe 51 at this point of his career. He needs to be working against a guy like AJ Styles who can carry him through some of the more technical aspects of a longer match, as We saw against Shane last year. It just, that, that match wasn't the worst. It just went so long. It, if it was 10, 15 minutes and the last five was that big spot off the top of the cell. That's a great match. We look back on that with, like, oh, my God, they, they they went so fast. But, hey, it was such a great moment that they created. But instead, it was 30 minutes. And it felt like the first 20 was just, like, a holding holding pattern. It wasn't great. But with Undertaker against Roman Reigns, I really worry about the quality of this match. Can Undertaker win? Sure. I believe Undertaker's got a few more WrestleManias left in him. All he does is show up once a year and wrestled for five, 10 minutes. So if you can do that until you're 55, great. Sting was in there at 55 years old. He got hurt, but he was in there at 55. So if we can get two or three more years out of, him, I could see him winning. Cause maybe next year, maybe this year he beats Roman next year. He fights John Cena. So you're kind of keeping him looking invincible to beat John Cena. I don't know what they're going to do, but I, in my heart of hearts, I do believe that Roman Reigns will beat the undertaker.
0: Hey, Donald man. I, if if your job or my job tells me hey we're gonna pay you a whole shitload of money just to show up once a year, my man, I, I'll fucking sign that contract real quick too.
1: <laughs> I will. I will lose to whoever you want me to. I will. I'll jump off the cell. I'll do it. I'll do almost anything you want to get a year's salary for one night of work. Mm. I,
0: I think, I think Roman will win, and I think they should have Taker against John Cena in Taker's final match and. Uh, whether that's 34, 35, however they play it out, but I think um, that should be the way to go. And you know, Roman, on you know, uh, example on Monday in the promo with Shawn Michaels, he did have heelish lines when he say, "Well, Taker retired you, and now I'm gonna retire Taker," or like HBK. Is, is you know, with all due respect, it's good to see you, but I didn't, I didn't call you out. I called Taker out. So. The way he's, what he's saying, and how he's delivering those lines make him look like, all right, is he is he teetering on that heelish line? But I don't think they go, you know, all the way full out heel turn for Reigns. They should, but no, I don't think they do.
1: I, in my opinion, I hated how he spoke uh, for the most part. I do like the line of him retiring undertaker. Like that was I don't think they're portraying of him as a bad guy. He's more of just like the Terminator. When you think of the Terminator, he's not a good guy or a bad guy. Mm. He's just badass. And he's just like I'm gonna. I'm here to kick the shit out of everybody. I don't care, good guy, bad guy, just get out of my way, or you're gonna get beat down. So I like the idea. Of like he retired you. Now I'm gonna retire him. What I didn't like was, and this is what makes me feel like he's absolutely not turning heel. Is he's like, hey, with all due respect, and I loved having you in the ring and all that stuff. It's like that's don't say that. Just yeah. say, dude, I didn't call you out here. I'm a, I'm about to spear you. You better have a good reason why you're standing in front of me, or I'm about to Superman punch your eye back into being working correctly. Uh, I, otherwise, I don't want to hear it.
0: Now, I do want to ask you now. I, I know I'm going backwards, but I, I just want to get your your thoughts and opinion. When when it's Royal Rumble and we're all like number 30, we're thinking Samoa Joe, we're thinking Finn Balor, we're thinking anybody, and then fucking Roman Reigns comes out, I want to know what went through your mind. Like, okay, yeah, I, I that's cool. I kind of get it. Or like, what the fuck are they doing bringing Roman Reigns back out when he just lost a match early in in the fucking night?
1: To me, it's exactly what I expect from WWE. Mm -hmm. It's exactly, to me, in my head, I thought it was going to be Finn Balor. I was like, it's going to be him, and I was so sure. And then as soon as you hear the Roman Reigns music, it hits you, and you're like, oh, man. But then you're like, I should have known. I should have known the whole fucking. T- I'm like disappointed in myself that I gave WWE any credit in the first place. Of course, it's going to be Roman Reigns. They're gonna. That's the poster boy, just like John Cena or Triple H or whoever they would put in that position to to because they want them there. I should know better. I. That's the feeling. I feel, like. I feel like, it's like when you're with a girl and she cheats on you, but you knew all signs were there the whole time. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's like, no, you don't have to worry about this guy, and you're like, okay. It's like no. It's like I should have known. I should have known from jump that this was going to happen to me. So I I was just I was disappointed at first, and then just I I just looked at him and and realized Vince is just staring at me, saying "Got him."
0: Yeah, and I I, you know, kayfabe. I think that's why AJ Styles was so upset at Shane. Like, hey man, you know Roman Reigns had a match and he was in a Rumble. I had a match too. How come? How come you guys you know didn't put me in there? But uh, I mean. That's the whole Roman Reigns thing, man. I I guess like I I would say he has gotten better in the ring. I do I do give him that. He's still not great on the microphone, but I think no matter what no matter what we say, no matter what we think or what we do, McMahon McMahon holds all the power. He wants Reigns to be the top guy, and eventually Donald, he's gonna get what he wants, and Roman Reigns will be the top guy when it's all said and done, whether we like it or not.
1: Well, to me, it, it's pretty easy. And I would accept he he does cool things from time to time. He's not all in all the worst. I, I think a lot of people hate him now. They're just, It's jaded to the idea of Vince. Instead of Vince reacting to what we like, Vince is trying to tell us what to like. And we don't want to be told what we like. We want to like what comes natural to us. Right. If if I'm WWE and I'm booking Roman Reigns, I turn him heel tomorrow and then I let him stay heel for a while. Book him as like the badass heel. Not as the slimy heel who always like runs away and stuff like that. You book him as the badass heel who just attacks the faces and it's relentless and he's just this tough guy. And eventually the fans will begin to like him because he's being booked properly. So all all the people who currently like him because of who, how he looks and how he acts and stuff like that, they're still going to like him when he's heel. All the people who hate him, watching him be a heel and be a good heel, they would begin to like him. And then when everybody is beginning to like him, then you can organically turn him face, and then there's going to be no problems. He's not being forced down anyone's throat. We actually like him because we should like him, not because we're being told to like him.
0: No, you're right. And I... Listen, man, uh, I think when he goes into WrestleMania against Taker, uh, I really hope they don't look at, oh, yeah, you know, he's going to get a big cheer reaction when he beats Taker because he's going to get the total opposite. But, I mean, is there a a, a ray of hope that Taker could win? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously. But I think all in all, they're going to have Reigns go in there, beat Taker. Taker's going to do whatever he can to make uh, Roman Reigns look strong and look good. So, you know, he, he's on that path to winning, and he's on that path to becoming a champion uh, down the road. The other matches we have, which is like a whole plethora, we have uh, some matches I, I re- I'm i really not, you know, all into. Like the Raw Tag, Tag Team Championship, the Triple Threat match, the Gallows-Anderson, uh, Sheamus-Cesaro, and Enzo and Cass. I, I, I really couldn't care too much of who, who, who you know, who, who wins the match. Uh, your thoughts on the Raw Tag Team Championship match?
1: I hope Enzo and Cass win. That's my thoughts. I literally they've done nothing <laughs> here to they're finally booking uh Gallows and Anderson properly for the first time. It looks like Cesaro and Sheamus are kind of being heel. Uh even Cesaro is being a bit of a heel here. And Enzo and Cass do the thing. I, I just hope uh Enzo and Cast they don't get enough credit for being very good acts. We talk about um the the Road Dog, Jesse James, and uh, Mr. Ass, Billy Gunn, right? Yeah. We talk about the New Age Outlaws and how great they were on the mic and the whole, the whole spiel every time they came out. And I feel like Enzo and Cass have a lot of that in them. But they don't necessarily need the titles, but they need the titles at least a few times and every once in a while to build their credibility. So I hope they win.
0: Yeah, I felt... A long time ago they they should have been the ones to beat New Day. I know New Day was going for that demolition record and the company knew it and once they broke the record, bang bang, boom, they lost they lost the, the titles. Now they're the New Day, the longest the the longest reigning tag team champions of all time are relegated to hosting Wrestlemania 33 so I, I really don't know what they're doing. With the just, and I'm,
1: I'm, I'm more angry about that than almost anything else that's happened because you're talking about the hottest act or one of the hottest acts in your entire company. Uh-huh. Uh, major merchandise movers. Uh, uh-huh. You're talking about three of the funniest guys you have on the roster. Super talented in the ring and we're just we're just not giving them anything, and that's that's a travesty. It's a real talk about a piss poor use of talent. That's that's ex- Exhibit A.
0: Yeah, because now they want to sell ice cream. Like I truly give a fuck. They said that they want to sell ice cream.
1: And they should be fighting for the damn titles that they held for uh, yeah. for so long. It, unfortunately, they don't even care, which is which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
0: We get the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Big Show is in. Apollo Cruz is in. Can't forget Mojo Rawley's in. Uh, who else we got here? I, I assume Samoa Joe, The Braun Strowmans of the world, Sami Zayn's gonna be in it. Um, not a match I really look forward to. I think I think it'll come down to uh, Joe, Big Show, or Braun Strowman. Uh, do you care for this match, Donald?
1: I would have Samoa Joe not in this match first. I would have him being with Triple H, like even if he just comes out and stands at ringside or whatever. I think that's a better use than just being a guy in true this match true. and getting thrown out. Because I think Braun Strowman, he's been booked so strong, he has to do something in WrestleMania. So I think he just wins it, uh, and I think he throws out Big Show last. That you set up that, then they can even they can fight each other. Come out. I don't know what you do, but yeah, this this I thought was going to be more intriguing than what it is, but it just looks like Braun Strowman just going to win.
0: Now, how does Braun Strowman fit into, you know, going backwards? How does he fit into the whole Reigns-Taker dynamic? Because, you know, mm-hmm. Braun calls Roman out. He gets takered during the ring. I guess it show a sign of respect. He backpedals. He leaves. And I guess he, he attacked Reigns on, on, on Raw Monday. But he's still kind of in this mix. He's like the third man out with Reigns and Taker. So once, once WrestleMania is done, does he get Reigns again? Well, well they're going to fight on, on Raw this Monday. But th- does the the match with him and Taker take place soon? Or is that like a down-the-road match?
1: See, I think the idea with Strowman is he's just acting as like the surrogate because Undertaker's not ever there. So he's uh, Roman Reigns has to be kind of feuding somebody on the side while he's also feuding Undertaker is half Undertaker never there. So I think that works perfect for heading into it. But I think after you have Braun Strowman win the battle Royal, I think he's going to go on to do something. He's going to fight somebody else. I, I think they, they have teased Braun Strowman and Undertaker. I don't know if it ever happens, but if it does, and I, I think Undertaker worked a few shows last year, maybe SummerSlam. He think he fought Brock Lesnar last year at SummerSlam, right? Was that last year?
0: Um, Whenever
1: he fought, Whenever he fought him, I, I know he fought at a, a secondary pay per view, or maybe it was two years ago he fought at SummerSlam. Two years ago, but yes. I would have, if he can fight at SummerSlam, I would have Braun Strowman and Undertaker, and then you can have Undertaker avenge the loss that he uh, that he took against Roman Reigns and build him up for whoever he's fighting at thirty four.
0: We get a the mixed tag match with Miz and Maurice against John Cena and Nikki Bella. I think it's a match that, you know, promo wise is very you know, entertaining at the moment. Um, again, people could say, well, why John Cena is going to be in a mixed tag match with the Miz and, and his people. But I'm like, well, I mean, it, it is, it is a pretty stacked card. I think they could have a, a, a really good match. Uh, Maurice going to be in the ring. I, I would assume Russell for the first time in, in over uh, four or five years. Uh, Promo wise, and the Miss TV and the whole Daniel Bryan dynamic has been really, a uh, very good TV. Will it be a good match? I think. I think it'll be better than than what we expect. What's your take on Miz and Maurice against John Cena and Nikki Bella?
1: Everyone but Nikki Bella has been killing it on the mic thus far. But unfortunately, <laughs> when we get to WrestleMania, there's no mics involved. It's down the wrestling. And I think John Cena and Miz are two guys who depend heavily on facing superior talent in the ring to have good matches. So when there's no guy leading in that dance, you're going to have two guys just trying to figure it out as they go. And I don't have high hopes for this match. As a matter of fact, I've been on the record and will continue to be on the record that this match is when I'm going to use the bathroom. I'm going to go get pretzels. I'm going to go get beers. I'm going to walk around and just check out the Citrus Bowl because I don't give one shit about this match. And as a matter of fact, what makes me so angry about this match is at the end, John Cena is going to propose to Mickey Bella. And if you've ever watched Total Divas or seen anything with their behind the scenes lives, he made her sign contracts and stuff saying that they weren't gonna get married and he she couldn't pressure him and stuff like that. It took Vince McMahon saying, I want you to propose to her for him to actually finally propose to his his wife. And that's that's just that's John Cena in a nutshell. I'm really happy that he helps all those make a wish kid. That's fantastic. But yeah. as a character and as he is Almost completely insufferable. I, I do not like John
0: Cena. <laughs> I mean, I, that—that's how I felt for for quite a while. But then, and again, after a while, you just gotta respect what he does. You know, in, you know, inside the ring, outside the ring, TV, the kids. Um, I, I guess he, listen,
1: I'll never question his hustle. Yeah. I, 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 I respect hustle. I work my ass. out. I work 75 to 80 hours a week. I respect hustle. But with that said, he is. And he said in one of his promos, I've never used my stroke to, you know, have something better for me or to, to get in a better position. And that is completely false. He does that stuff all the time. So from a wrestling perspective, I still don't like him. Yeah. He's had better matches, but look at the guys he's had those better matches against. He's having great matches, against AJ Styles, the hottest wrestler in the world. He fought Sami Zayn and Neville. He, they're putting him in there with guys who are absolutely fantastic wrestlers. And you know what? When you're, if you put me in the ring with AJ Styles, and he will carry me to a three-star match. And I've never wrestled in my life. Imagine if he goes with John Cena, who has been doing it for you know, 12, 13 years. So he better be much better than he was because he sucked for a long time.
0: Did you see Nikki Bella jump on uh, John Cena's arms when the match got officially um, announced by Daniel Bryan on SmackDown? Like She just jumped in joy like, oh my God, we're finally going to get a match. And I'm like, we all knew the match was going to be fucking made anyway.
1: John Cena looked disgusted. He's like, get off me. Don't touch me until we get home. I don't want to look at you.
0: No, he had he, he a smile. He's like, "Yeah, hey, Like, yeah. We're, yeah, he's we're really matched. good at
1: that. He's really good at faking smile. Yeah, yeah. as, soon, as soon as they got behind that curtain, he's like, what are you thinking out there? Don't you dare touch me in public.
0: So there's no way Miz and Marisa gonna win because I mean again you know we've seen proposals we've seen people get back together we've seen Macho Man and 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 Liz get back together after Macho Man lost to Warrior at WrestleMania Seven so I mean are, are all signs pointing to John Cena and Nikki Bella winning and and your uh, statement about him possibly proposing to her after the match?
1: No, he's winning. This is John oh, yeah. Cena we're talking about. And yeah. listen, I've never been a fan of the Miz. But the Miz is an elite heel on the mic and has been yes. for the last year and a half, two years. And especially since coming to SmackDown, where they gave him the opportunity to just say whatever he wants. And you know what? He has taken the ball and run with it. His promos on Talking Smack are must-see TV every single week. I absolutely love them. But, you know, it's Sean Cena we're talking about. He's going to win this match. I, I don't. There's no way you could sell me... I, I can't even believe it. I can't even come up with a reason why they would have John Cena lose because Vince McMahon is not tolerating it. He can't handle that.
0: Yeah, you're right. Uh, triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Charlotte. Uh, we had a triple threat match last year with Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch, So we said. So we get another one this year now with Bailey as a champion. I want to get your thoughts on this match and and your thoughts overall on the back and forth hot potato with the belt. And now Bailey just, I I know she just started as champion, but it gets to be a little, um, I don't know, man, too, uh, she's too happy for me. I guess it, it kind of throws me off. Like, yeah, you're the champion, but, um, maybe it, it was too soon. It wasn't the right time for her to win the belt. And, wasn't the right time for Charlotte's pay-per-view streak to end that way against Bailey at, at Fastlane. Your thoughts on this match and th- so far the reign of Bailey as champion?
1: Well, I think the match. I think they add Nia Jax to this match. I think they, they should. should. I think they of use. all the women in this division, I think Nia Jax is being forgotten. She's been really good since coming up from the NXT roster, and she's a good heel for the division. I think the- this match should be where Sasha Banks finally turns heel yeah. and attacks Bailey and wins the championship. And then out of this, you build to Bailey and Sasha Banks and you have Sasha Banks avoid dodge, um, Bailey for as long as she can. Finally, Bailey gets her hands on Sasha in Brooklyn at SummerSlam, pretty much rehash what we did with NXT Brooklyn, just do it all over again and do it bigger on a bigger stage. And I think that's what the goal should be. Uh, in terms of Bailey's character, you know, she needs an edge. She needs to show a bit of an edge from time to time. She's, she's the naive character that she started in NXT with, and she needs to be more of the character in NXT. She left as very fun, loving, very happy. But when you hit her in the mouth, it's, it's on that, that fun, loving character is gone. And now you're going to get hit right back in your mouth. And I think that that's, what's lacking a bit. She's out there tapping out. And the next week she's just laughing and not worrying about it. And it's like, any athlete knows if if you're making me submit, you're making me lose, I'm not gonna come back smiling next week i'm gonna come back with a damn attitude and i'm gonna make you understand why I'm pissed
0: yeah, I mean, they are making her you know not look very good where you know one she wins the belt uh with the help with the help of Sasha banks. Um, at fast lane then the whole thing about back and forth where she, you know where, where Stephanie said you should give back the belt and she's like oh should I should I not and she has this face on and then she taps out to Sasha Banks last week she gets uh annihilated by Nia Jax this week so I'm like wow the last 3 4 weeks for Bailey you know you've been really been looking suspect so I don't know what plans they have for her or for the belt going forward but um, I do agree with you 100% that Sasha Banks sh- should turn heel. Uh it was cool in the beginning when she was a good person, but now it's like all right, we, we got to have you know the heel boss, the real boss from NXT um attacking Bailey and attacking whoever, but I want to know if they go with the route of Sasha Bailey with Sasha turns heel, what does it mean for Nia Jax and Charlotte? So does Charlotte remain the heel? Does Nia Jax turn or how do you how would you play that out?
1: You have to add more people. You can't just have four women in the division. Imagine if the, if the men's division or the tag team division had four teams. Oh, wait, the tag team division does have freaking four teams. And it, it, as you see, it's found enough depth to do multiple storylines and multiple storylines over a long period of time. I think the answer, as much as I wanted to see Asuka on the SmackDown brand, I think the answer is leaving Charlotte heel, leaving Naya heel, leaving, making Sasha the heel and making, uh, bringing Asuka up as a face. And I think then you have more of a balance and bring, maybe bring another uh, female character up, maybe even Ember Moon as a face. Now you have three w- female faces, three female heels, two fresh faces on the main roster, one fresh heel on Sasha Banks, and the storylines are now, now you can do a bunch of different stuff with it. And I think that would be more intriguing, but I think that the only way to make this way, and I love the the talent in the women's division, is, is awesome, but yes. they, they need more people to make compelling storylines. I think that's the key.
0: Or they can bring back Emmalina or they can bring back Emma, whichever one they want to fucking do. But that's one thing I don't understand. What's the whole point of doing 19 whatever weeks of emelina promos? She comes out in a dress and she says, whatever she said, now it's, we're going on promos for Emma and I'm like, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Well, I think
1: I, I think that goes to uh, Vince McMahon and the WWE creative team's inability to make decisions and stick to them. We tell, we hear all, for, all from the dirt sheets how they, they're re- rewriting and writing these shows up until the second they're on television. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I just think that, that come, that's why there's so much inconsistency. So instead of booking long term and then they, they'll book long term or they'll try to. And I'm like, we'll just fill it in week to week. And then they just figure it out from week to week, and then you don't worry about, like, hey, we already did that. Should we do this? And from what I heard, basically, Emma, as the Emmalina character, they just, at one point, someone's like, I don't like this anymore, and that's why they abandoned it. And that's all it takes. After all that investment all that time that they put into it, and someone just said, nah, and that's the end of it.
0: Now, unlike SmackDown... I think they have a better roster of female wrestlers, or they're being they're being portrayed better with that talent than what they are on Raw. So at WrestleMania, they got Alexa Bliss, we got Becky Lynch, Natalia, Mickey James, and Carmella at the at the moment. Uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, it's it's open to all available women wrestlers on SmackDown. Naomi had the injury; she had to she had to get the belt up, so she might come back. For WrestleMania being in her hometown in Orlando, we don't know, maybe even Marie comes back. When you say anybody available, it's really pretty much generic. So right now, it's five people in the match. What's your take on that? And I got to ask you, because I know the Raw Women's title will be on the main show. Do you think this match will be on the main show as well, or does this get relegated to the pre-show?
1: I hope both women's title matches are on the main show. They both deserve it. And if you're talking about female quality in WWE, you better put them on the main roster, on the main card. Because if you're relegating one to the to the the pre-show, what does that say like about the women's division? Because in my opinion, I agree with you. I think there's more talent in the Raw women's division, but I think the talent in the SmackDown women's division is being utilized much better. Absolutely. Like all of the women who are going to be in this match have been portrayed well over the year. I said there's been some low spots like Carmela while she was doing really well to start the year. when she turned heel, then they put her with James Hogsworth and it's like, yikes, I don't care at all about that at all. But I'm excited to have her in that match. Um, and I'm excited to, I'm excited for this match. I think, I don't know what the stipulation is going to be, if it's going to be a, a five pack challenge or a championship scramble, whatever they do. Um, but I think that there is so much talent about like Natty's a great wrestler, and Mickey James is a great wrestler, and Becky Lynch is a great wrestler, and Alexa Bliss has been really good. And Carmella's better in the ring than I thought she was from her NXT run. And maybe you bring in a lady like Victoria, who they talk about, or Kelly Kelly, or whoever they're talking about, bring him back. So there could be surprises in this match. So I think that this is one of those things where I would have preferred a singles match between, like, Mickie James and Becky Lynch. Let them really wrestle. They could have had the best women's WrestleMania match ever if you just gave those women 15 minutes, the title, and a story. But I think the opportunity is you get a lot more women on the roster, a lot more women to showcase how good they are in this match. So I'm I'm, I'm very excited for this match. I'm optimistic that this exceeds my expectations.
0: Now, do you think they keep it at five? Or do you think Naomi gets added because, you know, she returned from injury? Or do you think that... Uh, Naomi and, and like even Marigas added, or they or they keep it at five uh, essentially?
1: Oh, I think they definitely add, and I think there will be surprises. Like I said, I heard some things that said Gail Kim uh, has been had a contract dispute with TNA of some former fashion. I'm not really sure exactly the details of that, but I mean, imagine Gail Kim showing up on SmackDown in their, at WrestleMania in that SmackDown women's match and winning the title or something like that. That's a huge moment. And WrestleMania is all about those moments. So I think, yeah, absolutely, that's a great time to bring, definitely add more people to it and bring back some surprise people. Imagine Victoria. Victoria's still out there kicking ass. I'd love to see Victoria show up, get in this match, and be part of the program, just like Mickie James has.
0: Now, the last known match, uh, official match on the call, just, just, just got made official on, on Tuesday at 205 Live. Uh, Neville... Austin Aries cruiserweight championship match, and again, just like how we feel about Shane and AJ, I think this match can really, you know, take it to a whole different level and really be a a, a showstopper. Uh, Neville, Austin Aries cruiserweight championship. Uh, what's your thoughts on that match?
1: Uh, I totally agree with you. This is this is the match I'm probably on paper most looking forward to because Neville is fantastic. Not only is he fantastic in the ring, his heel character and his work as a heel has been Unbelievable. He has exceeded all of my expectations. He was good in NXT, but I kn- I didn't know he could be this good as this king of the Cruiserweight division. He is really good. And Austin Aries, I've known for years he could be great. In TNA as their world champion, he was involved in some of the most entertaining stories, some of the, mo- the- some of the best technical matches. These two guys w- will work so well together. And with the initiative of like, hey, if we go together, and we work really hard. We could steal the show with a 15, a 12 to 15 minute match. If we're, if we're given that much time, even 10 minutes, I feel like they could steal the show and put on a fantastic match that forces people who don't really care about the cruiserweights to care about the cruiserweights, even for just a minute.
0: Now, there is one more match that I'm not too sure if it's official yet, but... It leads toward Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin for the, for the Intercontinental Championship. That might be official. I, I'm not too sure. But if that match tends to go down at WrestleMania, Dean, uh, Baron Corbin, IC title match, do you see Baron Corbin going over o- over Dean?
1: I haven't given a lot of thought to that match, but I'm I'm telling you, what, I'm pleasantly surprised by it. Because I've I liked Baron Corbin's. I think, talking about Roman Reigns improving, I think Baron Corbin's improved drastically oh, yes, over the last yes. year or two. I think it, both on the mic and in the ring, he's much better than he was watching him in NXT. It was not good. And watching him now, it's like, wow, you actually really seem to be trying. And Dean Ambrose, one of my favorites, he's fantastic. So, you know, I enjoyed the build to this. I enjoy what they're doing with these guys. I'm not sure what the match would be, uh, but I this, would, this is something I feel like that would get relegated to the pre-show. And I think if you're going to put it on the pre-show, you probably just let Dean win and then give the belt to Baron Corbin at the next SmackDown pay-per-view.
0: All right, Donald, got a uh, last few questions for you, a little rapid-fire for you. So whatever answer comes to your mind first, just let it go, all right?
1: Uh, Let's do it. I'm ready.
0: We're eight months into the whole brand split. What are your thoughts on the current brand, uh, brand split and who has benefited the most?
1: Uh, SmackDown is so much better than Raw. It's disgusting. I, I hate three-hour Raws, and it's even worse now that half the roster's on SmackDown. Uh, I think guys uh, are somehow. This should have been the opportunity for guys to not be buried like Sami Zayn in a three-hour show. You can't find a good storyline for Sami Zayn. Uh, so basically, it's made me hate Raw more, and I love SmackDown.
0: Speaking of Sami Zayn, you might. This might be the answer for this one. Um Who would benefit going from Raw to SmackDown, and who would benefit going from SmackDown to Raw?
1: Sami Zayn, you're right on the money. On SmackDown, I feel like he could be a championship contender. And as much as people don't want to hear it, uh, and I don't want it because I really do love SmackDown, I feel like if AJ Styles went to Raw, he would be the top guy there.
0: Okay. Um, I was thinking more like, uh, well, not on that level, but I was thinking more like, the same thing with Sami Zayn, and at one time Cesaro, I would say that, and um, I would have said someone like Dolph Ziggler would benefit going to Raw.
1: They would misuse them there too. That's the problem. <laughs> if if they're being misused on SmackDown, there's no way they're going to Raw and being properly booked. You know what I mean? There's no way they're they're, they're booked. They don't book anyone on Raw properly. I I hate what they're doing with Raw.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I listen, man. I, I I've always said well, since the brand split SmackDown has been way better than Raw. The SmackDown pay-per-views have always been better than Raw. I don't think there's one Raw pay-per-view that's been better than SmackDown since they started. Um, And I think it's really mind-boggling how you have three hours, you're the flagship show, you're on Monday nights, you have, I I think, more talent on, on the roster, and... It's like I tend to see the same thing over and over, but on SmackDown, I, yes, I know it's two hours, but they utilize that time so much better, uh, compelling storylines, and they give uh, newer talent different opportunities where you have Baron Corbin in a, in a fucking title match or a Luke Harper in, in, in a first contenders match for, for the world title. Bray Wyatt is your champion. On Raw, for, for a hot minute, It was it was only Kevin Owens, Y2J, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. And those four held down Raw for for quite some time because there was no Brock. There was no Finn Balor, no Triple H, no Samoa Joe, nobody. So those four were the main ones you saw every Monday night. But on SmackDown, you got John Cena. You got AJ Styles. You got Randy Orton. You got Bray Wyatt. Plus the fact that you don't you rarely see Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon on SmackDown. But every Monday night, you see Mick Foley and, and Stephanie in that, in that ring doing a promo.
1: No, I agree wholeheartedly. It's just, I mean, I, th- I like Daniel Bryan and Shane more than I like Mick and Stephanie anyway. I think Stephanie and Mick are, are tired characters. I think Shane as an authority figure is, is really good. And I think we all love Daniel Bryan. I think it's, a, it's SmackDown is a much better show overall. Structure, writing, talent. I think that they tried to bury it by giving Raw all, this, all these extra picks in the draft, but SmackDown came out on top.
0: All right, two or three more. How, how did you or how are you celebrating 316 Day?
1: With beer. I'm, I literally <laughs> i am going to my dad's house tonight uh, for his birthday, and I'm going to take two beers. I'm going to stand up on the chair in the living room. I'm going to open them both, crack them together, and pour them all over myself.
0: If you can narrow it down, favorite Stone Cold moment or match, which, whichever one you want.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, WrestleMania 17 the cha- the championship main event
0: oh with with the rock
1: yes yeah and,
0: and i would say that's that's the greatest wrestlemania of all time people can argue and speculate but top to bottom monday night war era attitude era i think that's the greatest wrestlemania of all time
1: yeah i, I agree i think there are i think there are the the best moments were on other shows but as a card from top to bottom wrestlemania 17 is the best overall card
0: Today is the 20 anniversary, 20 year anniversary of Uncensored 97. Do you remember what happened at the very end?
1: WCW uncensored? Yes. Um, I'm gonna say 1997. This was uh, this would be the day that Hogan turned heel. No. Hogan was already oh. heel
0: by this time.
1: Oh, that was that was uh, that was what was the uh, spring pay-per-view. What the hell was that called? Bash at the Beach. Oh. Or- Bash of the beach, Bash of the beach,
0: Bash to the beach. Yeah, what happened today then? Well, well, Uncensored, that, that's when um, you know, NWO had a match with a couple of WCW guys, but then Sting came from the rafters for the first time, I think, ever, and then he laid waste to Macho Man, Hall, Nash, Hogan. That's, that's where Robin was there so with the bat and everything. So when you go, when you go on the network, look at Uncensored 97 at the very end. That's when Sting laid to waste with the NWO.
1: Oh, that—that's uh, again. That's one of those characters that I absolutely—it—it it, it didn't have to work, but when it worked, it was the perfect antithesis to the NWO. Between, I think DDP kind of does gets like pushed to the side because of how cool it was that Sting like fighting against the NWO. But I think that. I mean, the idea of both, DD, both DDP and Sting fought against the NWO, but in two different ways. Both were so damn cool, and that's what saying. I saying. I love WCW. I was a WCW guy more than a WWF guy at the time. I uh-huh. loved Stone Cold and stuff like that. But from top to bottom, I loved the NWO. And I loved Sting going against them, and I loved DDP going against. And those moments were, were, were fantastic. Live forever, man.
0: And final one. Since you did mention uh, DDP uh, the Hall of Fame class, I, I think I don't think they're adding anymore, as far as I know. But you, you never know. DDP, Kurt Angle, uh, Rick Rude, Teddy Teddy Long, Rock and Roll Express, Beth Phoenix. If I miss anybody, I apologize. But what do you make of this current Hall of Fame class?
1: I'm very excited. I think that a lot of these guys have deserved it for years and finally get their opportunity. Rick root is a guy who I felt should have been in, you know, ten years ago. uh DDC yeah. is a guy who absolutely deserved it, but he was hated by the WWF because or WWE because of his WCW run. He was treated like shit when he got here. Uh, I think there's a lot of guys in this class who deserve. Kurt angle's another guy who just he if he, they're not bringing him back to wrestle he should have been in years ago. He's fantastic, but you know TNA and everything like that. So I think that this is a, this is a very this is a very entertaining class. The, the talent in here is unprecedented, and I, I'm very excited to see some of these speeches.
0: What do you think they do with Kurt Angle going forward? Do you think he just goes in the Hall of Fame, doesn't wrestle, or maybe you know I, I, I've heard that you know with the whole storyline with Mick Foley as GM going away for the surgery they might bring in someone like Kurt Angle to be the GM on raw or just have him be on TV do do some shit like that what do you think is uh, next up for Kurt Angle
1: I've heard a, a ton of rumors just like you and you know what I don't know and if, but but in my opinion if I'm WWE and I don't use this guy in a part-time capacity as long as the problem with him was he left on bad terms, he had a problem with addiction. He has addressed those problems, he has worked hard to correct himself, put him on a strict drug test policy, put him on a zero tolerance policy. So if he ever messes up, his contract is voided. If, if WWE does not use him like they use Undertaker or Goldberg or Brock Lesnar, then they are missing the boat because Kurt Angle is still awesome and he's a huge draw. They'd, they'd be freaking stupid if they didn't use him.
0: Last one, what are some things you, you, you really would want to see happen with the company at the WrestleMania? Someone like a tag team or someone gets a bigger push, this guy or this girl to be champion, you as a fan – what are some things you're looking forward to see going forward post WrestleMania?
1: To me, I, as a first and foremost, I'm a I'm a wrestling fan. I like indie wrestling. I like wrestling. I like New Japan and Ring of Honor. I like I like dabbling in it all. Uh-huh. And one of the one, one aspect that I like would be two parts. NXT, I'd like to see like guys like The Revival come up. I want to see them succeed on the main roster. Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Asuka. I want all of these talented people who've been crushing it in NXT to come up to the main roster and be properly booked and crush it on the main roster as well. And in addition... I think there are some free agents right now uh, on the market that I would love to see go to NXT. Uh, and, and someone like Kyle Riley from Ring of Honor, someone like Adam Cole, who, who, was, who just lost their championship. Uh, some of those guys heading over to, to NXT would be cool. But outside the WWE uh, spectrum, I, I'm, my, my favorite wrestler right now is Lucha Underground. And my favorite wrestlers right now, besides AJ Styles, are Matt and Jeff Hardy. So if, if I'm in the ideal world, Broken Matt and Brother Nero, I would have them go to Lucha Underground and make Lucha Underground even better. So if, if I could book 2017, I'd put the Hardys in Lucha Underground. That'd be my first thing I would do.
0: Yeah, but you know, if you put Jeff and Matt with Bray Wyatt and do a whole new Wyatt family, just, just that whole dark side between all three of them,
1: but you're not going to have Bray with you're not going to have Bray lead them. Broken Matt wouldn't. That's the <laughs> thing. Like I, I think that they don't need to be led by anybody. Right, right. When, when when it's Harper and Rowan, they they are just guys, and they're the tag team. When you're Broken Matt and Jeff freaking Hardy, you're not going to just be a subservient to Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? You're coming in to do something. But the thing is, if WB brings them in. Th- I don't want WWE to bring them in if they're going to butcher their character or they're going to split them up or it's just going to be regular Jeff Hardy and then, you know, Matt Fax, Matt Hardy again. You know what I mean? Like, and that was, stuff was good, but they're doing something different now and it's entertaining. Don't avoid doing that because you didn't create it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know. Um, truly, last one. Uh, last year we had. You know, a whole bunch of legends show up at WrestleMania. We saw The Rock. We saw Shawn Michaels, McFoley, Stone Cold, uh, obviously in Texas, in the, in their home state. Uh, WrestleMania in two weeks. Do we see anybody just pop out, do something just, just for the crowd, just just for the whole nostalgia act? Or are you, do you think we're getting a little – they're starting to get away from that?
1: No, they, that's that's part of the gimmick. That's part of the it's a spectacle. So you know you're going to pull out all the legends from Mothballs. That's what they do. <laughs> I think you'll because know, Stone Cold will be there in some form or fashion. Um, I, I like the idea. I like the idea of The Rock being there because he's got ties to Orlando. He's got ties to Florida. You know, so he's he's right around that Citrus Bowl area. But where do the Miami Hurricanes play? Yeah, do they play in the Citrus Bowl?
0: No, they played, um, I think, Sun Life in Miami.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, okay. So just, I, he's he's got ties to to Florida in that area. I don't know. I'm not good with geography, but I assume he's, he's, he knows people in Florida. I would have him there. You know, he came and wrestled a six-second match uh, last year. And you know what? If, if I'm WWE, uh, I would be pushing really, really hard to have him set up something for next year. Maybe if you could get him to wrestle at 34- you know then you could set something up this time. Rhonda Rousey's a name that we haven't talked about much but she was in the news for a while there. So I'm not really sure. I'm I'm very excited because they always do pull out celebrities. They always do pull out legends and without a doubt they're going to do it again.
0: Well, you know they, they they've always been wanting to do a Rock Brock Part 2 so maybe you never know. Donald, you never know. Oh, rock you know Michael.
1: what? I remember when Brock came back the first time, and uh, he and Heyman were going to beat up Triple H in his office, and he walked past a picture of The Rock, and he just laughed, and he's like, look at this guy. <laughs> and so I could absolutely see them. I would, You know what? That would be a good use of both Rock and Brock. And I know some people would be complaining, just like they are with Goldberg and Brock. But you know what? It gets the mainstream fans in and it, it, it gets the product to a broader audience. So I'm okay with that too. I heard
0: Hulk Hogan was going to be in Orlando during that weekend too.
1: I mean, he <laughs> is going to be in. I, I can confirm because I was talking to his PR people. He will be in. He's They're opening a new Hogan beach shop or, okay. or surf shop or whatever it is, and he'll be signing autographs. So if they were to bring him back, I mean, sure. I, I don't. I don't see any use of bringing him back. You know what I mean? He, he mm. said some really horrible things, and he doesn't really provide you with much in terms of, like, it, it, I, people like him. I don't know. I'm not a fan of Hulk Hogan bringing him back. At this point, I would just cut ties with him, and you know, they don't miss him. They're not losing anybody not having him there.
0: Hey, with the way the company is going, they can bring it back and have a, a rematch with Goldberg, rematch from 1998, Georgia
1: Dome. <laughs> yeah, and then
0: I can admit it'll last
1: seven seconds, and I can also ignore that.
0: Oh, man, that match that match would probably last longer. The one they had back in 98 will probably last longer than what Goldberg is going to have with Brock Lesnar.
1: Oh, I agree, I, I and I think it should. I, like I said, I think Brock Lesnar should, should come out there, obliterate Goldberg. If it lasts two minutes it should be two minutes of Goldberg suplexing him until he's got no breath left in his body
0: (laughs) Donald Wood Forbes Bleacher Report the host of Ring Rust Radio you had the first ever live Ring Rust Radio show in Orlando during Wrestlemania weekend go ahead check it out you can follow Donald on Twitter at Donald underscore Wood and Ring Rust Radio at Ring Rust Radio on Twitter Donald appreciate it man
1: Thank you so much, man. I love being on the show. You have a great show here. Thank you so much for letting me come on.
0: All right, man. Take it easy.